<laughs> Do that again. Uh. <laughs> How does she make that sound? This is Mark. And this oh, is Jesus. Kenny. And this is all I want to do is talk about Madonna. Album seven, track 10. Bedtime story. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> changing totally totally classic game changing best this is my this is the best song on the record really yeah. you think so i do i think it's it, it is the most interesting song for sure and it's yeah. it paves the way it like sets a new course for her sound which she builds on for the next 10 years plus Correct. you know um or even longer no i would say like you know cuz i think future lovers is uh, a like nephew or niece of oh. bedtime story right so yeah I, I really think that this is um along with justify my love a a a very uh, a spoke a pivot completely mm. this is a whole new sound for her it's a whole new um sonic world she's inhabiting and it does it transforms her sound i would say irrevocably we we never kind of go back after this. Go back to what? What do you mean? Go back to more traditional uh, songwriting and tradi I mean, th this is kind of the beginning of the that new weird sound that she she does. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's always, at least for sure, I would say a track or two that follow this template you know mm -hmm. another like this is a new kind of like song we hear on a madonna album because yeah. i do think that there are a lot of very traditional songs still on a yeah. lot of her albums but this is a sound that goes through for sure and is something totally new um, and and it's and it's an element of trance but it's also pre-electronica it's it's yeah. it's this high and it still feels well within the the sonic world of the rest of the record in this weird way <laughs> well that i don't totally agree okay with. but meaning you know this is where i'm like i understand you know you're saying you know and, and i do agree with you like sanctuary is the bridge into this song and absolutely like that is the only time on the album where it feels like 
it's continuous or it's building, you know, it's like has a sonic build to it. But I don't know that it's like where the album has led me to, like meaning if I can't think of like, I don't understand how we got to here from, well, don't survival, bring it up again. But even don't survival, no, up, I, don't I'm not. Stop, don't I'm, bring it up again. I didn't say it. I Thank just wanted that I didn't but, fucking but, say it. But I do think I do think it has a relationship to inside of me. I think it has a relationship in this way to secret. Um, it, uh, the, the, the vocal sounds very much like a, like a secret vocal. Um, no, I don't agree. Well, let's. Uh, so so this song was. Um, so Madonna started working with Nellie Hooper. Yeah. And um, he, she asked, like, she wanted to know if Bjork would write a song for her. Well, wait, just to talk about Nellie Hooper. Yeah. Nellie Hooper, amazing producer who um, had worked with Soul to Soul before yeah. some of my favorite songs, Back to Life. Back to life, back to reality. Back to life, back to reality. And then, yes, did produced the first two Bjork albums when she was really interested in making pop albums. There's a great interview with her when she's making her third album, Homogenic, and she's yeah. like... When I did debut and post, they were very much like greatest hits of my musical passions for all my life. And I knew it would take two albums to do that. That's why I called them debut and post before and after of getting rid of the back catalog almost, you know, gracefully, you know, because you can only move on if you do that, you know? So this is like a fresh start for me. So she really goes into pop for those first two albums and he brings out this sound that I think really does, you know, post for me is the album that yes. like I couldn't ever put down yeah. and the sonically like hyper ballad Oh, it's brilliant. It's one of my favorite songs of all time. Well, both Post and Debut are yes, just, yes. They, they, they sound like the future in this yes. weird, um, experimental, bold, um, decisive way. We live on a mountain, right at the top, this beautiful view.
decisive. Yes, and I think that's what Madonna was attracted to, right? Oh, totally. Um, Because, and and, you know, in a way, like the story about Bjork being like, I didn't really write it for Madonna, I wrote it for my friend Nellie Hooper because she's sort of not a Madonna fan. Yeah. Um, She's respectful in this way of like, (sighs) I don't really know what Madonna sings, like, in in a way that Mariah Carey is not, but they both are like, yeah, I listened to her in my bedroom when I was a kid. Now I don't really know what's going on. Yeah. I hear that you were writing a song with Madonna, maybe. Is that true? Well, I co-wrote a song for her. For her? For her new album? Yeah. And what's it like? How did that happen? Oh, it's... Well, I like it. Are you friends with her? How did you... I've never met her. You've never met her? She just asked for a song? Well, basically, she asked um, my friend for a song. And my friend asked me to help him. And I did it in a way, like a favor to him, really. Right. Not, you know, no offense to Madonna, but I was kind of more doing it as a present to my friend. Well, we will look forward to hearing it when her album does come out. I think it's interesting too, and this is something that um, Mark Romanak, when we talk about the video, talks mm. about too. Like the first video Mark Romanak directed for Madonna was Rain, and he has this great interview where he talks about how they um, came to the idea of what the Rain video would look like, and he talks about. Um, well, I'll let him say it. So I started thinking about that most of what she had done up up until that point was sort of making references to some past period, something nostalgic. Everything was looking back, and I said, "Well, maybe it would be kind of interesting to do something futuristic with Madonna." Do you think? Do you think that planted a seed in her? Of yeah, like that's what how, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. That that then she started to be like, "Well, what is the future of music? What is, the, what if I looked forward as opposed to looking back more?" You know, because even as far as like, um, well, Erotica is a forward-looking album too. Yeah. You know, and I think, but and but it's still also based in a lot of, I don't know. I would say that's a super forward looking album, but then this is even taking it further. Like what and, is the sound going to be like? And in a way that's, that, that it, it also doesn't have the baggage that erotica has right. and, and all of the kind of social things that she's trying to examine. This is a song about being unconscious. This is a song about flying through the air and um, it's about, this kind of intangibility that she's trying to articulate, yes. in, which is in the song. Like, yes. what is the song about, Kenny? Well, I, I can tell you because I actually, um, I actually use this song in my playwriting classes. Talk to, about to, that, baby. We, because um, when I get to the lesson on language, I use the quote right from this: that words are useless, especially sentences. They don't stand for anything. How can they explain how I feel? And I talk about how language is a poor. Um, substitute for what we really feel and experience, which is beyond words. All of our lives are beyond words. Words are a tool we use to try to articulate the feeling of something Mm, that is beyond, mm. you know, like all we are like, you know, body language too. I mean, body language is the closest to the truth, I think. But even that like doesn't like I can never you would never like I you, you could feel me, but you can't really know how I feel or how I'm experiencing and words try to get us there, but there's something beyond words that's this unconscious world or the world that's like above and below us, you know, the spiritual world that is, that we all feel, or I don't know, I can't speak for everybody, but again, going back to her story of like, or our story of this season of like spirituality, this is the song that captures Totally. Well, this is another form of of, of faith in this weird, strange way, and and words become these cylinders of limitation. 
I've always felt like this song blows the lid off of song structure and, and you know, the, yes. just kind of the constraint of an album. And I, I kind of dream about, like, what would it be like if Madonna released a song like this now? She would just put it out. Yeah. She wouldn't wait and put it out on, a, on an album. Like, it wouldn't be that traditional anymore. It would be just this thing they put out into the world. I wish she would do that. Wouldn't that be amazing? Oh, I would love it if if just a random fabulous song was was put out into the ether without yeah. any kind of yeah. It's just you know here's a Madonna song. Boom. Yeah. Well, what did you What did you think when you when you heard the song originally? I can't remember that to be honest with you. I just I know that I was very excited because. I was so in love with Bjork at this moment. In yeah. fact, I would say I was more in love with Bjork than Madonna. Like I was so, I thought the the idea that Madonna was working with Bjork because that's how it was first presented to us. Correct. You know, correct. That that was so thrilling to me. And then I felt like the song delivers that. It it in in a hundred and fifty percent it delivers it. And uh, I was not as as knowledgeable as into Bjork. Um, ironically, when I heard. I heard this song, I went back and found Bjork and kind of delved into it. And it did, it blew my mind and it and it turned me on to all kinds of bands that were happening, particularly in Europe that I didn't know about, like yeah. Portishead and things like that, oh, yeah. Massive Attack. I mean, the, those kinds of bands that were... Nelly Hooper was part of as well. Correct. Yeah. And Radiohead had put out yeah. its first couple of records. And so it was kind of like... This felt as alternative as Madonna got. Yeah, at a at a crucial time when alternative was kind of on its way out, but she w she was kind of putting her stamp on whatever was remaining. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the one thing that is why I feel like in so many ways the song is such an outlier. Like, mm -hmm. I it's I to me it feels like it's not in the vocabulary of this album, and yet it's such a a thrilling moment in the album. Yeah, like where I'm like, oh, wait a minute, where are we going now? What is this? And this was sort of, you know, she's sort of like, oh, I'm really interested in the R&B sound that's happening in America right now, but then also I'm interested in this British acid, electro, whatever that... Trip-hop. Trip-hop, yeah. trance. Um, you know, what is that? And then there's just like one little nod to it here. Of course, this and becomes something And it's still bigger. a Madonna song. Yeah. That's what's yeah. so brilliant about it is that Madonna is able to find her way into those worlds and live comfortably in them for four and a half minutes. Yeah. Which yeah. I think is the genius of the song. Well, it really points to this thing that I think is more... I think is really, we've already talked about to a degree, but Madonna is a stylist, like a style, you know, she like, she can kind of take almost any genre and make it hers, mm -hmm. you know, which is really interesting, right? And she can really jump genre um, without much difficulty. Like I never hear, even in some of her bigger experiments later, I never feel like she shouldn't be in that room. 
No, no. I uh, and, and in fact, I think her willingness to 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 adjust and and morph is yeah. why she gets to be in the room. Yeah, true. Because she's not sitting there being like, "That's not going to work for me." She's like, "How can we make it work?" Right. And I think that that's the key difference. I mean, uh, uh, and you know, I I also I'm thinking about like everything but the girl again. Like they're coming back into the 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 mix because oh because of <laughs> but the but the idea of this how this can be commercially viable. Absolutely. I mean, I think you know, going to Massive Attack and Tracy Thorn and yeah. Protection is one of my favorite songs oh, of all time. Just and I live in it. Oh God. And I love Tracy Thorne's voice. I just think it's so. It is a this mid-90s, that to me is ubiquitous. Clear, cold, concise, crisp. Yeah. I was shocked that they made this into a single that they released this. Yeah, I thought I thought this was where this is also a, another interesting moment in Madonna's career where she is like let's do the most unaccessible singles. Let's let's push the market. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm tired of like hearing the same stuff on the radio. We hear this later in her you know, but like that she's sort of like, "Well, what if we release this? It's a Madonna song. People will at least give it curiosity listens, which will move something forward in the narrative of pop music, you know? Well, and I, ironically, the song was not a big success. I mean, it, 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 it did not, I think it peaked at number 42. Yes. Yeah, and, like and so it clearly the radio was not ready and receptive to it, but in two years they would be. Two or three. Yeah. 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 Well, I think this is another point though of like where, the dance remixes were huge. Uh, let's talk about the dancers. The, the mixes are so great.
these are some of the best stuff. And I, we've been saying this throughout this record, but yeah. this is such a golden time for radio remixes because the market, the, the, these kinds of songs and these kinds of singles um, in 1993, 1994, 1995 even, really lend themselves to DJs and, mix it and remixes. Yeah. And because the grooves are so strong. Yeah. And the ones on this are just incredible. And like, you know, you've got Junior, and it's, it's all Junior Vesquez. It's Almost all. There's one yeah. um, by the Orbital, which is actually my favorite remix on this album. Ah, why? Why? Yeah. It's like it revisions the song. It brings in these all these different sounds to it, and it 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 plays with the vocals too, and it just takes me on a journey that's a different kind of journey. Junior's remixes, which I love, and I actually think this is the apex of Junior's collaboration with Madonna yeah. there are other there are a couple more to come but like this is like for me like they're the sweetest remixes they're the most lush mm. they're the most fun and he's like a ton of them on here his sound factory mix is one of my favorites that that's probably if I had to pick one besides because the orbital is pretty badass about this era it's so you've got this Icelandic singer writing the song you've got these uber British producers and Maria and um, Bjork wrote it with Nellie Cooper and with Marius DeVries um, her longtime collaborator so you've got these two Brits you've got Icelandic singer Bjork and then you have Madonna in Miami <laughs> so you have like this world these yeah. collisions of worlds because the remixes of, of bedtime stories just radiate the heat of Miami to me I think you're right though I think the or orbital one doesn't no, I mean, that, not that, that one takes they, to another the juniors place. do totally it's just like here's here's the track we're gonna play on that hot night you know, absolutely. And they're fun. And there was a single version of it too that I think got some play on the radio, but it was kind of too late. And I also think that just because the melody is so, it's so non-traditional, it's no matter how they mixed it, it just couldn't, there wasn't enough to hold on to for the general public. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, she uses that Orbital remix in uh, the Reinvention Tour for... As a musical sequence. Yeah, yeah. With dancers, you know, and it's it sounds fantastic there. Mm -hmm. um, but then she only really ever performs this song once. Yes, at the 1995 Brit Awards. And um, I... Uh, where Madonna does a battle and loses <laughs> with a wind machine. <laughs> and, and a wig and, and, and extensions. Wig. Yeah. I love, first of all, okay, so I love 
um, th- this and the Take a Bow one-off uh, yeah. uh, award show performance are great because they're so different and Madonna has rehearsed them to the inch of their life kind of like the sooner or later performance uh-huh. and yet there's these extend they, they add one <laughs> element extra to both performances that kind of creates some chaos and for this it, it, you have these two beautiful dancers doing these very poetic Frida Kahlo poses yeah. Around Madonna, and then Madonna's kind of dancing with a wind machine, and she's always trying to get the hair out yeah. of her face. Well, she takes the image from the video of her with the really long hair and the yeah. gown, and she oh, looks that phenomenal. Versace gown, yeah. that Versace gown. She looks wearing. phenomenal, but yeah, the wind machine is unfortunate. <laughs> However, like I will say that the band sounds great. Yeah, on that, and yeah. it sounds to me like the erotica band or the girly show band. It's really live. Yeah, and her. Voice voice sounds good. I mean, it's mixed with track, but like she's singing it. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty fun. She'd come down and 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 went walk the walkway and like touched the hands of the people. I'd forgotten that part. I thought she had stayed in that little box with the two men in the wind, but she does like <laughs> yeah, she does venture move. out and, and say move. hello to people. Yeah, she does. She, you know, this is this is another like, I I, I just wonder. I I always wonder like, if Avita hadn't happened. And there had been a tour. Uh, what would this tour have been like? Oh my gosh! Well, you know, she was like at the end of that performance, she was like, "We're not taking a wind machine out." But <laughs> um, I, I think it would have been—I I think it would have been a very beautiful, uh, visually beautiful tour because that kind of leads us into a conversation about the video. Yeah. Um, because I really feel. And many people love this video. It, it's it's one of the most expensive videos ever made. Mark yeah. Romanak did it with her again. And it's basically a catalog of Madonna's visual art influences. Yes, yes. It's just, it's basically, it was her capstone project for her art history um, BFA. <laughs> masters. Yeah, no, her masters. masters. Yeah, yeah, okay, masters. <laughs> Give her the masters. Um, and, and I think she got an A. I think she got an A minus. Well, I love that she's coming out as a as a high cultured art appraiser because this was a time when I feel like Madonna was like really still stinging from her dismissal of being oh she's a pop floozy and she's like no I really know a lot about a lot of things and here's a video all about them. <laughs> 
I met her at the Sherry Netherlands Hotel because she was having her apartment redecorated, so she was living in a hotel. And she hadn't brought any personal items to the hotel except for one painting. And it was this very surreal, dark, kind of amber-colored, somewhat disturbing painting. And I didn't know Madonna, so I was really surprised that that was her taste in art because up until then she was sort of you know the material girl or vogue or a lot of retro stuff for whatever reason i had you know made the wrong assumption about what her tastes might be in art and i found it really interesting that that's something she was drawn to and i just kind of put that in the back of my head i might even have said to her wow it would be great if you and i could do a video that looked like that someday and she said yeah and it wasn't really appropriate for that bad girl song and that didn't happen, but I, I always just sort of filed that away that it's interesting that Madonna has that sort of taste. So then I get this track from Madonna, which is Bedtime Story, which I think was a track that was written by Bjork. As soon as I heard the song, I knew that I could finally do this surreal, dark, disturbing, strange aesthetic that I had seen in that painting that she had at that hotel, in the hotel room. And it was just the, the perfect song for that aesthetic, and it was something that she had never done. Madonna had never really delved into sort of painterly surrealism. So I was able to really indulge myself in making just purely surreal video, because the, the idea of the song is words are useless, so it was really going to be all about the imagery. And uh, I knew that Madonna had a vast knowledge of art and art history, and I went crazy, frankly, doing reference research on on surrealism, but tried to avoid the kind of the cliche surrealists that are always touched upon, like Dolly or uh, Man Ray or something. And I, I searched out very specifically a lot of the female surrealist painters at the time because there was a, quite a strong group of, of female surrealists. You know, I thought it was important that the video had a very uh, feminine attitude towards these artistic images. There's also you know, other references in there to some Tarkovsky films and imagery influenced by Lucian Freud. So it was, it was kind of all over the map again, much the way Closer was later, where Closer, that Nine Inch Nails video, became kind of a mishmash of references all through the 20th and 19th century. This too was kind of a lot of reference, references and a lot of original stuff too. Yeah. Meanwhile... Um, I don't understand what the fuck is going on. Oh, I do. <laughs> she's she's giving birth to doves. She's giving birth to... I mean, every, uh, you know... <laughs> Jeez. Can we just talk about the burp? Yeah, we can totally talk <laughs> about the burp. Like, what is that? That's She's awakening. It's a, it's, it's a dormant soul wakening up. Uh, it's not a burp. It's like, it's like a, it's a, it's a soulful release. No, I've heard demos. Release. It's I've a soulful the, release. I've heard the demos where she's like, uh, she's like, it's, excuse me. It, that <laughs> that mis, is such that a lie. That salad didn't no. go down right. <laughs> no, it is a, it is a soulful <laughs> release. It is a soulful release. Uh, Soulful release. Uh, <laughs> okay, back to the video. I, I mean, you know, I, I think it's a video that it, it, it's it's not a narrative. Um, it's a collection of imagery. It looks very futuristic. It um, that moment when she wakes up at the beginning of the video in the petri dish. Yeah, and it and it's and it's. I think. I mean, and you know. We should we should throw tribute to um, there's a Madonna fan out there um, who has a Tumblr 
that um, <laughs> from nineteen ninety from two thousand four yeah. that has all kinds. Oh my of, god! It's like a twenty page. It's a it's a thesis yeah. on this video with compare screenshot by um, with art comparisons of all the different references. <laughs> and it's amazing. It's amazing, and we'll include it in the note show notes to this episode yeah, because yeah. he deserves all the love because totally. It's kind of shocking. And so we're not going to go into all the references, but, you know, Frida Kahlo and all of her her usual uh, references are here. I think the moment that really explodes for me is when her eyes and her mouth flip. Yeah. That's well, my favorite image in the whole video um, near the end. Mark Romanek talks about that in an interview about how they made that and how that was really like cutting edge technology at the time. And they were thinking of Picasso when they were doing that. Yeah. Um, and that he's like, that took like seven, I don't, he says it, how long it took. Um, but he's like, now people could do that in 20 minutes. <laughs> that at the time, like no one had ever done that. But I found that to be so shocking too. Cause I was, and it was another embracing, um, another moment of like, Oh, Madonna isn't always about trying to look beautiful. She's like looking to a larger idea. This really kind of I think ugly image, you know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and I and I think that it it's this it's a it's a fascinating dichotomy between her as still as the goddess because she's kind of a you know she's sailing through the through the space. The children are looking up at her in awe. <laughs> is that the same person that's in um, all of Sia's videos? That little girl, or is that her daughter? No, I think it's the boy brother? from Open Your Heart. Oh, he's, yeah. he's come. <laughs> I was like, what are you having a reunion? There's so many weird characters in this video there's like that old man there's the, like the say the, the 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 kind of priest that's yeah, there yeah they're the twirling dervishes or whatever oh they are. yeah I, I, there's so much but but it's it's all surrealist yeah it's a yeah. surrealist it, it reminds me in this weird way of the robert altman movie three women do you know that movie no so it's a movie from the 70s um uh, and it stars Shelley Duvall, Sissy Spacek, um, and Shelley Duvall is actually brilliant in it. She won. She's uh, always brilliant. Well, th this is like the the the, epo the epitome of a Shelley Duvall movie from the seventies, and it's a movie about um, two women, three women, um, and then Janice Rule is the third woman, and she is Janice Rule is basically painting a surrealist painting on the floor of an empty swimming pool in their apartment complex, and it reminds me of the and and it's a film that basically Robert Altman wrote uh like a five page like treatment, treatment and treatment. treatment and that was it and then the rest of it's improv and they kind of created this movie that doesn't really have a logical story but yet you just kind of go with it and it's about just kind of receiving images and dialogue and it does accumulate into something yeah similar to this th yeah. this video well i do think the video is trying to do the thing that the song is talking about, which is like, let's get beyond logic, let's get beyond words, let's go to images and feeling and it sensation, sensation, and yeah. So it does give me all of that for sure because it is like a video every time I and even now because the video holds up really well. It's still like stunning, shot so beautifully, and um, the images are really classic. You know, like they are, they are, they are both past and future. Is this? Is this the peak of music videos, this time period? Because, like, music videos as story, because I'm trying to think, like, past this, like, how many big things like this do we get? Do you know what I mean? Well... Not just from her, yeah, but in the culture. No, I, I, and, and I do feel like 
um, this is a time because it's interesting that this is right before Take a Bow, which is another song that arguably has a video that defines the song. Totally. And this song, I think people less remember the song, Bedtime Story, and they, they remember the video, which, you know, Art Forum did a huge spread on it when it came out. It's been played and, and Romanek, whenever Mark Romanek has a retrospective in art museums, they play this video. There are stills of it. I mean, I mean, it has entered the, the high art, fashion world yeah. as kind of a, a, a major contribution of the time. I do think it was the height of that. And it was also, I think it was the height of MTV's power of share, showing those videos. There was a platform for it and record companies were putting the money into them and the time because it wasn't like it was a three day shoot. Right. Well, Madonna says it's really her money, you know, cause they, they, it's always yeah. about Madonna's ma maverick. She spends the money and then they take it out of her, you know, you know, whatever. But anyway, um, absolutely. I think you're totally right. I think this also made me think about our conversation earlier about I'd rather be your lover and about sampling, because in a way, this is just sampling art images or, you know, yeah. and putting them together to create something new and um, in, in a platform that many people would never see the original art. Right. If they right. didn't see this. Or I this do. was my my way in. And yeah. Now I feel like I know these artists or I've learned something about them. You know? The other thing to your question about the, the, the height of videos and their impact is this was also um, one of the biggest pushes Madonna ever made for a video of hers because she did that pajama party. Thank you so much because I was like, we have to make sure we talk about that fucking pajama party. Madonna's pajama party at Webster Hall here in New York City. Welcome to Madonna's bedtime story pajama party. We are so very live from Webster Hall in New York City. I'm Allison Stewart from MTV News. And as you saw, Madonna arrived a little bit earlier. And this lady is giving you a reason to stay up past your bedtime tonight. First of all, we have the MTV premiere of her new video, Bedtime Story. So Madonna in uh, March of 1995, uh, she hosted a pajama party at Webster Hall here in New York City. Still a fabulous performance venue. Indeed. And uh, she, uh, there was a DJ, uh, Junior was there. Junior. With his back and his butt. And his belly. And his belly. And he was playing mixes of, of Bedtime Story and all of his other Miami. He brought Miami to New York. Yeah. And um, MTV did a whole hour yeah, Kurt Loder was the host. God. Madonna looked great, and I guess it was probably another Versace gown. I'm not sure what she pajamas. was. In. Oh, Versace she was in pajamas. pajamas yeah. She looked great, um, and she was in a great mood. She was having a great time. And she read she read a story. This is the the biggest one of the biggest missteps. <laughs> <laughs> you think this is one of the biggest missteps? It was so so wrong. It was the wrongest choice. So she's like, first of all, she's she's whipped the crowd into a frenzy because she's there. And you know, the Madonna energy is undeniable. Yeah. It's this crazy East Village crowd. It looks like Wigstock on steroids, right? It's like I every, don't know. When Allison Stewart interviews people in the audience, they're like coming in from Jersey. Yeah, but they all <laughs> well, regardless, they all look like crazy club kids. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Okay. It looks like it's a and it is a club kid crowd. Yes. yes. And it's late. It's not like it's not like 10 p.m. You know, it's a Madonna time. It's like two in the morning. Okay, they're there. They're dancing. They're yes. partying. And then yes. Madonna's like, "Bring out the bed." <laughs> 
I'm going to sit on the bed and she can barely hear, right? She keeps checking, like, can they, can they hear me? Whatever. And yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. And then she pulls out a fucking really, truly a, a childhood, a, a child's book, right? Well, well he, she, he, she pulls out Miss Spider's Tea Party by David Kirk, which just celebrated his 25th anniversary release. Um, and it came out in 1994. Oh, so she's pimping this book. Okay. She <laughs> David must have had, Kirk. Who knows what I, that's I think about. he's her trainer. They, they share a trainer. <laughs> and she's like, this no, book is he's important. He's Carlos Leon's high <gasps> college roommate or something. <laughs> this is the beginning. Yeah, she's supporting <laughs> Carlos. But she's like, I'm going to read you a bedtime story. Okay. Right? And then she literally does. She tries to read the story. And the crowd is not having it. and it has amazing illustrations and hopefully you'll see them on TV. Um, I love you too. Come on, you guys. No, they're, they're jeering and hooting and hollering and she's pissed. And, it- and one time somebody says, show us your tits. Spotted moths kept safe and warm in shelter from a thunderstorm. They stood beneath an open sash and watched the jagged lightning flash. And she gets really upset. Yeah. She almost doesn't continue. She gets the most school marmish that I've seen her. Like, and she reminded me of like when I used to work in public schools, like some of the teachers I'd work with in middle school. Like there's that moment when the class is unruly and the teacher is just like, if you all don't pull it together, we will not do anything else today. You will not get to go to lunch. You will not get your recess. (laughs) And she's like upset. You know, she's like, why won't you just listen to my bedtime story? And I'm like, Madonna, like, it's two in the morning at a nightclub where Madonna is, and you're going to read them a fucking bedtime story? Like, I think that, it, I think in in fear, in concept, it, everyone was like, in concept, it concept. was, <laughs> in concept, it was very exciting. Yes. And then in execution, there were a lot of things that were unanticipated. Yeah. Well, the fact that the book was kind of longer, like it was like, you know, it was it's like- It's a 25 page <laughs> book. <laughs> yeah. She was like- It's a child's book. They're all like, what's going on? Like we are so 
so high and like everybody's like, what is she doing? Yeah, yeah. So I felt so like- So would you think she should have kicked the night off with the children's book at like 9.30 <laughs> and then been like, okay, now let's dance? I don't think there should have been a child's book. I, but see, this is the thing. It's different, and it's and it's unique, and it's a it's a it's a bedtime no, story. You're right, you're bedtime right. there, story. There was she a way to tell a bedtime. There was story. a way if like she had been like, okay, everybody, sit down on the floor and you know hug somebody you're with, and I'm gonna read you a story, and let's just take a quiet moment while we're at the club. But I think that there should have been some kind of musical experience before that, even if it had just been you know. Well, or, now she would put out a video. She would have a video playing. That's what. That's how it would happen. You <laughs> right. Know. But but now but is not then. Now is not then, unfortunately. So, so I thought that was a tough moment. Okay. And painful okay. to watch. I thought it was unique and weird. And you know, you got cur- and 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 actually, the the sad thing is, is that Madonna gave a great interview to Kurt Loder Phenomenal. throughout the evening, which she, is great. And yeah. She talks about getting a Vita and yeah. wanting to go on tour with this record, and but she talks a lot about a you know, and it and it's a really fascinating moment, you know, kind of time capsule of right before she started work on Evita. Totally. Did it, did it make you, uh, when uh, Take a Bow went to number one, making you the all-time record holder among women for number one record, even eclipsing that Houston, Houston girl, right. did that make you, like, happy? Uh, that's an understatement. <laughs> Extreme. Was there a party at your house? or? Um, um, no, I don't think there was a party at my house, because when I found out, I think I was on my way to Europe or something. Oh. I'm not really sure. Are you going to be out of action for the next year or so, making this movie? Um, you mean to the public eye? Yeah. Uh, well, pretty much. I mean, I have another video to do, and uh, I mean, I really do want to. I I want to go on tour. Believe me, I'm dying to. I'm dying to perform in this this record. Yeah. But sorry about that. Um, I have to keep this popsicle up near my mouth. <laughs> uh, but I've been waiting five years for this role, yeah. and I am not going to screw it up. You know, I need to. So there's a possibility we might not see you on tour. Or something? I think there's a possibility that would be after I shot the movie. Ah, okay. Well, this would it be another extravaganza sort of tour? Would it be like Madonna with a guitar, folky kind Madonna of? Madonna unplugged. Yeah. Oh, um, I don't know. There's a thought. Yeah. There is a thought, but I don't know. <laughs> oh, I I've entertained that thought, but I think it only for a moment. And nobody, nobody else. There's nobody else in pop culture that would do an event like this at all. I mean, the audaciousness of it in itself is amazing. Audaciousness or audacity? Audacity. The audacity of this event. I mean, and this is this is again similar to what she's been doing in the last couple last year of like just these crazy unexpected events that are I just want to do it so we're going to do it yeah in a different way to promote and you know? and and this idea uh, and just to kind of you know go back to the song what what is a madonna song and what is a madonna event and what is a madonna thing to do like i don't think she's very interested in in defining that i think it's whatever she wants to do in the moment how can she explain how she feels uh, see, I finally uh, did it. Uh, I finally did it. Uh, <laughs> Till next time. Bye. Let's get unconscious. Traveling, traveling. Traveling. I'm traveling, traveling. Sky fits heaven. <laughs> traveling. That, that would be a great mashup. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. Oh. Both are great spiritual journey songs. My God, I wish she would do this live now. Love oh, to I totally agree. Story. Come on. Yeah, do it. Bring it. Bring it out. I want her to do it in her acoustic show. <laughs> what would that be? I mean, what are no. the chords? Are there chords? No, I know. No. 
I want her flying over the audience. God, well, I would be really scared. <laughs> like, you should not be up there at your age. It feels very, very dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> Explain again